Welcome to the Pay It Forward podcast with our friends from Glenwood State Bank. We're joined in studio this morning by uh, our friends from Someplace Safe Chelsea, a great nonprofit organization. And we're going to talk a little bit about domestic abuse today and uh, just raise awareness about it. You know, it's it's everywhere, it seems, right? It is. Um, it's an office that I've, I've worked in both in Pope County and Douglas County. And Chris, it's just as much as I'd love to say that our communities are, are super great and super safe. Working in those places, I got a whole other picture of all the hurt that goes behind our happy little lives on Facebook or social media running around. And unfortunately, domestic violence is uh, something that has not gone away. But I am happy that there are resources out there for people where you're not stranded and you're not alone. So I have um, two advocates here. I have Lee Nelson, who we've spoken to during our Radiothon to End Child Abuse. Good morning, Lee. Good morning. And then we also have Elizabeth, who is the newest advocate in Douglas County. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning. Thank you both for being here. Um, April is sexual assault awareness. So there's three different types of crimes that um, advocates help attend to in our community. So it's domestic violence, sexual assault, as well as harassment and other general crimes is kind of what it's lumped into. There's a whole wider array of things that we can take care of. It's not just stalking and harassment. It's financial crimes, uh, elder abuse, any kind of crimes that happen. We can assist in some way or another. And it's so great. And what's nice about this, Chris, is that if somebody's going through something, these services are 100% confidential and free. They don't cost the victim anything. They call, they get to talk to somebody in a, in a comfortable office and just get a share. Obviously, they are mandated reporters. So if there is a minor that's being impacted, they do have to, you know, share that information. But it is just, I've never felt such a, a comforting place where you go and you can just be vulnerable and be open with what's going on in your life. Lee, when you talk to a victim that comes to you, what have you found out to be the main reason why it took them so long? Is it because maybe they're scared or they didn't know what to say or how to approach you? Uh, quite quite often it's embarrassment. They're embarrassed. They're ashamed. Um, they might not even know who to call or what resources are out there. And it's just often that that first call maybe to the crisis line um they might even be calling about something else maybe they're calling asking about housing and things just we just tease out a little bit more information and a little bit more information and then we find out that they've been either sexually assaulted or they're in an active domestic abuse situation and we can help in so many different ways we can help them find resources because douglas county is very very rich in resources and generous people. It does mm-hmm. take um, an average of seven times to leave your abuser. And it gets complicated because that person over time kind of erodes your confidence. They may have children that they're sharing together. They may have lost all control of the finances. And it could be a male or a female abuser. I want to make that very clear. Um, we just saw a domestic violence case that went down in the most horrendous, horrendous way in Cyrus, Minnesota. It was just two weeks ago where we had a deputy that was shot and killed responding to a call. He just, he got a call for somebody who needed help. He responded. His partner was shot. Another officer was shot. Um, the victim was removed before all that went down. But I don't even know, and I can't even fathom the amount of trauma that she went through. And the abuser, alleged abuser, I should say, um, was shot and killed during that exchange too. And and Elizabeth, you have 
that history of social studies and seeing how these dynamics impacted. Can you speak to that, how, how domestic violence doesn't just impact the victim? Yeah, so it, the big thing about domestic violence um, is it really impacts everyone. It impacts communities. It impacts families. So it, it's not uncommon that we see people try to intervene in domestic violence situations and they end up getting hurt too. So if you look up statistics for domestic violence, you will find domestic violence statistics for the victim, for the perpetrator, and also for interveners, people who come in and try to help. Because that is how severe domestic violence situations are. That's how violent they are. Thank you again to our Pay It Forward guests this morning, Elizabeth and Lee. They are advocates and experts in domestic violence here with Someplace Safe, a nonprofit organization. And we'd love to have to continue those resources. So please reach out and support them. You can make donations now. They have a goal this year that they need to hit so that they can continue to provide these services for the people that are hurting right here, our neighbors right here in Douglas County. You can find all that information at someplacesafe.org. You can also check them out on Facebook or give them a call, 320-762-1995. I think we can all agree it's a terrifying situation. It's a heartbreaking situation. And not all of these get that kind of exposure, for lack of better words, but this is happening. Um, Lee, you said that numbers, I remember 2020, we were kind of nervous. They were, their domestic violence situations were going up. There were more children victims as well because now they are in the homes too. Can you talk to me, what do those numbers look like? Um, I know Someplace Safe covers nine counties, 10 offices, nine counties, but what do the domestic violence numbers look like? So in Douglas County in 2021, we served in our office alone, 584 individual clients men, women, and children. In 2022, that number went up to 662 people. People we served right here in Douglas County. Yeah, there are brothers, our sisters, aunts, our uncles. neighbors. Our neighbors. It could be anybody. It can because, uh, you know, these our services are needed all across socioeconomic statuses. We have people that live um, anywhere. I have people that live on the lakes. Have people that live in tiny apartments downtown you know it what it doesn't matter domestic violence uh, sexual assault stalking and harassment all of that stuff um, it happens here what, what would you say is the most common type of abuse situations that you see Lee we do see mostly domestic violence in our office um, I want to say about 57 percent that's off the top of my head of our clients our our victim survivors of domestic violence. And for those that may be experiencing something right now, how, how bad does it have to get before they should reach out and get some help? Oh, call right away. Ask us. I mean, it doesn't have to get bad. The, the cycle of domestic violence is it can start with just maybe um, arguing, yelling and screaming. Then it can, then it can move up to a, a push or a shove. And then it can go on up to actually a, a punch or a hit. And then the next thing, you know, it can get go up to strangulation. And then that's where it becomes lethal. Um, don't wait. Call. Call our office. Our office number is 320-762-1995. But we also have a 24-hour crisis line. 24 hours, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. You can call us. 800 974 Three three five nine. It's also heartbreaking when when you see little kids involved or any child. I guess like we could say for that matter, you know, it, 
does it make it a, a whole lot different when kids are involved or do you guys handle it a little bit differently? Well, first of all, every situation is different. Every person that comes in has their own individual story that we we address. Our services are free and confidential. I, I do want to point that out. Um, but it's really hard when kids are involved. Um, as Chelsea said, that we are mandated reporters. So we might have to report a situation to the, the proper authorities if we hear something. Um, but when kids are involved, it's really heartbreaking because they don't know what's going on. They're innocent. They are. And, you know, the statistic is there's a really interesting statistic about kids who witness domestic violence um, for girls, for, for, for young girls who witness domestic violence in their home. They are 50% more likely to accept that in their own relationships. Boys who see it are up to 80% more likely to not only accept it, but perpetuate it going forward. And, girl, you know, girls can perpetuate that too. But, you know, we got to stop. We got to stop this before it happens. Right. And majority from the numbers that we see, as much as we advocate, anybody who comes through to the office, you know, who, who claims that they're a victim, they're, they're believed, they're supported. And that's the nice thing because... Your abusers will sometimes twist it. There's narcissistic personalities where they play the victim all the time. So trigger alert, a trigger alert if anybody's listening to this and they're like, yep, raising your hand. Um, and back to your your point, Chris, and your question earlier, how bad does it have to get? Having lived through this, you just need to cut it off. As soon as your warning systems start going off in that relationship and as soon as you start seeing those red flags and they have all sorts of resources at Someplace Safe, what those red flags are, you need to check yourself. You need to pump the brakes. Um, if he's love bombing you, that's that's how they get a lot where they're just they're love bombing you at the beginning of the relationship and they pull you in and then they mess up one time and then they give you a bunch of flowers and then you go through the honeymoon period again and then and then he gets jealous one night or she gets jealous one night and they, they grab you and they're screaming at you in your face or whatever it is. All of that is domestic violence. Anytime that somebody is trying to control you, manipulate you, threaten you, that is all domestic violence, and it just needs to stop. It needs to stop. We need to learn what healthy relationships are. We need to learn that you do not settle and accept red flags, and we need to learn to enrich and empower ourselves. What you grew up with, what was modeled to you, it, you know, it's not normal. Yelling, shouting, pushing, shoving, hurting people. Love shouldn't hurt. It shouldn't hurt. And you definitely shouldn't have to take it out on other people, too. But do not get to the point. And um, and there have been situations where the girls would tell me, you know, they'd be black and blue. Or I'd even meet them in the emergency room after a sexual assault. And they're like, but he never hit me. So what? But he never hit me. And that's what the whole, you know. And I've even seen it where sometimes, um, not here in this state, but out state, where I've had law enforcement officers, they're like, well, you know, it was kind of a mutual thing, wasn't it? Don't you guys, shouldn't you just kind of like, you know, cool separate. off, cool off a little bit, separate a little bit. And then all of a sudden it escalates. Um, there's a great relationship with law enforcement here. We have a wonderful relationship with the Douglas County Sheriff's Office and APD. Yeah. Who, how do we respond to these situations? Um, I love our police chief here, Scott Kent. Yeah. He's such, he's so kind and compassionate and just the way that they deal with these situations, they never know what they're going to walk into. They never know what's going to happen. So um, in order to have these resources here, 
to have that phone number to call anytime you have a question. Just call. Just call. Just talk to them. There's support groups. There's emotional support groups. There's resources. There's great therapists out there. There's good counsel. Um, how do you create a, an OFP, uh, an HRO, you know, harassment restraining order, order for protection? How do you navigate these things? Um, ask those questions. Get out. You don't deserve that situation. But in order to have these resources here, literally at our fingertips, um, we need to support them. And that means financially. You guys just wrapped up a fundraiser, but there's still that goal. It is expensive to care for victims that are on the run, right? And putting, putting them up in hotel rooms. So will, tell us what you need. And you know what? Our our services, we're funded by grants that we have to write. We're funded by donations and our fundraiser. That's pretty much it. Um, our fundraiser, our goal was $35,000. We just are squeaking by at $26,000. We could really use some additional donations to reach that 35000 goal. I think that'd be phenomenal. How, how can we support? How can people donate? Checks. Checks are great. Mm-hmm. You can also go to a Someplace Safe website and there's a donate button there. You can still go to our betterunite.com backslash spring fund 23. And there's a donate button there. Any way you imagine, we'll stop by our office, hand us a check. We can, we can take that too. And Lee, the funds that are raised, uh, what are some of the things that you guys use the funds on? Aside from obviously keeping your doors open for people that need it. <laughs> sure. Some of the some of the ways that we help, um, we can provide nights of safety. For example, if a person is literally running away from a domestic situation, um, we can help provide a night of safety or two. We can help um, people go to a safe place. Maybe they need a bus ticket. Maybe they need gas money to get to their next destination. Um, maybe part of their safety planning is staying where they are until we can help get them out. Maybe I give that person a, um, a food card uh, so they can go get groceries because maybe that abuser is keeping funds away from them so they can't get food. Maybe they can't get um, to and from work gas cards. You want to give us a $20, $25 gas card? That will be given directly to a victim survivor. And it can even be up to a deposit for a new apartment to find shelter and to get out of that. And those funds are restricted and they are limited, but those resources are out there to get people out of these situations on their feet and just towards a a life where they can be empowered and happy and loved. Elizabeth, what kind of pulled your heart to to come to someplace safe? And what are you looking forward to the most changing and impacting lives? Yeah, um, so I think there's something really beautiful about people who go through hard things and they come out on the other side because hard things suck. Um, but when we grow through them and we are able to overcome our circumstances, we are stronger, we are wiser, we are more courageous. And so my favorite part of working in this field is just getting to see people grow, grow. And I I love that. Um, So that's what pulled my heartstrings towards Someplace Safe and why I'm so impressed that we even have Someplace Safe in small communities like this. It's so unlike the rest of the world, even the rest of the state, to have these kind of resources available 
So the fact that we actually have them here in rural Minnesota is, it, it's an honor, you know, and it, it's a resource that we should definitely not take for granted. Very, very cool. So we have advocates with us, Lee Nelson and Elizabeth from Someplace Safe here in Douglas County. Um, there are Someplace Safes in nine surrounding counties where a lot of kicks signal goes to, um, and there is help. Lee, once again, if somebody is in that situation or maybe they have a friend in the situation, that can feel frustrating too. Oh, sure. The way that I kind of think of it is like my friend's going through something in a bad relationship. I feel like they're, they're almost like on the railroad tracks. The train's coming, but they're not moving. And it can be so frustrating and so painful for the family but anybody can reach out and get that support because we need each other. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, if you're that friend, call us. Call us because we might be able to give you ideas on how to help that person. We, we can't help that person through you. That person has to reach out to us. Mm-hmm. But we can definitely give you ideas on how to support. That's what we do. Call us. 320-762-1995. I'm going to plug that number again as well as the crisis line, 800-974-3359, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Somebody will answer that phone. Options to go and seek help, to get support, to be validated, and to be loved and cared about. Thank you both. This has been another Pay It Forward podcast brought to you proudly by our friends at Glenwood State Bank.